May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. I smiled when I saw the gospel reading that was set today for our, by our lectionary for my first Sunday here at St. Michael's and All Angels. The Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. Now, all of you probably know that my husband Scott and I, we moved here just a little bit over a month ago from our church, and the Lord has sent us, a pa the pair of us, to be here with you. The Lord also told his laborers in that same passage, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Okay, full confession. <laughs> we brought purses, bags, and sandals, and we brought a whole lot more than that. I will tell you that my mover, Kenny Harris with Delta Transfer, will be the first to testify that we bought a whole truckload of things that he had to, uh, to uh, load and unload um, as we moved into our home. We actually looked a lot more like the Beverly Hillbillies um, than first century followers of Jesus with our truckload full of stuff and our dogs and our cats and even a granny. <laughs> But the Lord presumably knows who he has called and to where he has sent us. And so I say to you this day, peace, peace to you as I enter this house. You know, it's also appropriate that this reading of the sending of the people to new places falls on this 4th of July. So many people over the centuries have come to this land through their own version of pilgrimage and calling. A cool thing that Scott just found out a few months ago is that one of his ancestors, William Brewster, came to the United States or to this, to this land on the Mayflower. And the even more amazing thing is that he was the senior elder of their religion. He was their preacher. And he is the one who led the church in Plymouth when they arrived. Now, not all of our ancestors have arrived here in such a famous way. So many slaves were compelled to come here under horrific conditions and completely unspeakable duress. And then there's a whole slew of people who came to the U.S. to escape persecution, including religious persecution. Now, I can't trace my family back as far as Scott, but I have known that some of them came to the United States because of religious persecution in their homeland. A bunch of my folks, they hail from Poland and Hungary and Czechoslovakia, but we were part Jewish and part Roman Catholic. And so we joined the masses that were coming through Ellis Island and other ways to come to here to live in this place. You know, they would have loved that pilgrimage that some of y'all just got back from, especially the food. 
But all of this moving around of people and living our lives of faith in places, um, it's in new places, it's actually the norm for our Judeo-Christian Judeo heritage. Think about Abraham and Sarah from the very beginning, called out and sent forth. The calling of the people in the Exodus. The calling of the disciples by, uh, by Jesus, the 12. And now the 70 elders, these nameless 70 people that he sends out to walk around in their neighborhoods and share their faith. And then sometimes our movement is because we are compelled by others to do, to do so. Think about Joseph being carried into Egypt as a slave or Paul into Rome as a, as a criminal. But however we get there, wherever we may land, we are called to live in faith, trusting God and his plan for our life. And we are called to live in our new place in faith and to go out and meet our neighbors. Because we are not meant to sit still in our faith, to cling to our little group. We are not supposed to merely meet on Sabbath like a little sacred club. We are supposed to keep, we are not supposed to keep our faith to ourselves. We are always called to move outside these walls. And so Jesus calls us to reach out to the sick and to the lonely, the poor, the outcasts, the despised, the widows, the orphans. And it is through the hurting people of the world that God reveals his glory. From the slaves rescued in Egypt to the robber who hung on the cross next to Jesus, God has used the hurting people of the world to reveal his presence and to reveal his plan of salvation for the world that he created. So Jesus is not calling us to a one and done. That has never been the pattern of our faith. We are called to leave our comfort zone and to travel light. We are called to go and do ministry in the world beyond these doors. Now, some of us are called to faraway places, but 99% of us are called to ministry within walking distance of our home, or in modern terms, within driving distance or a bus ride of our home. And so notice also in this story of discipleship of the seven elders that not only are we called to go out, we're called to go into the homes of others. When we visit someone's home and spend the night there, we really get to know them. And so this isn't just a calling to, uh, to holy pajama parties. We are called by Jesus to go and have real connection with the people around us. We're not just supposed to float on the surface of relationships. In the spirit of the Sunday school that's going on right now at St. Michael's, this, um, the, it's called Share Our Stuff. This includes far more than our dollars and our material goods. It includes sharing our trials and our tribulations, but also our joys and our accomplishments and our losses, and our healing. And by sharing ourselves with one another, by sharing and putting our lives of faith into the story of God, reminding one another that he is always with us, 
that we are in him and that he is with us. The kingdom of God has come near and is here. When we do that, that is how we are living out our call of faith in our neighbors, with our neighbors. And then we're called to come back to church, to share our stories, to share our stories of ministry, where God, we have seen God work, where he has been revealed and his glory has been witnessed in our part of the world. You know, one of my favorite parts of the 4th of July is fireworks. I've loved them since I was a little girl. And one of my very earliest memories is sitting on the blankets on the side of Lake Michigan next to my father and the rest of my big family, watching those fireworks go up from the barge over the water and then sprinkle down. My favorite ones are the ones that sprinkle from the very top and then they, they hit the water where the sparkles hit the water and they boom, I, have, I want to hear the sound, I want to be in it. It's where those, um, you know, especially where it goes, gets you right there in the pit of your stomach. I love fireworks. And our ministry in the world outside, it's to be a thing of joy and celebration. And so I want you to notice what Jesus told those returning souls who were overflowing with the joy of the ministry that they had just witnessed and been a part of. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. In other words, those 70 followers of Jesus, as they shared their faith and brought healing in their part of the world, they set off fireworks for Jesus. So my question for you are, is are you setting off fireworks for our Lord? Because we are all part of this nameless 70 group, the group of 70 followers of Jesus, the ones who did their work within walking distance of their homes. Like them, we are called to get up and go out and seek the loss and the, and the lonely. We're to go out into the nooks and the crannies of Dallas where there is certainly plenty of need. It is there that we are called to our ministry of joy. I therefore look forward to being with you on my new adventure as you continue yours. I look forward to witnessing and hearing your stories of ministry and if you're looking for a place to go give me a call and let's all set off some fireworks for Jesus. Amen.